Hello, and welcome to another episode of Capital Ideas. This is the podcast where members of the Democratic majority in the Washington State House of Representatives sit down at the Capitol to talk about ideas. Today, we're going to hit you with a lot of ideas because the lawmaker we're talking with is State Representative Jeff Morris, and he's got a lot. For Jeff, the future can't get here fast enough, and if you stick around for a few minutes, you'll see what I'm talking about. If you're a regular listener, you probably know what I'm about to say, but I'll say it for the new folks. Jeff Morris is from Mount Vernon, represents the people of Washington's 40th legislative district, and is most likely the legislature's top thinker on how we use energy today and how we'll use it far into the future. We recorded this interesting conversation on March 19, 2019, and like the future, it starts now. Welcome, Jeff Morris. I appreciate you coming by for one more Capital Ideas. You've been here before, and it's good to have you back. Thanks for having me. You've got several irons in the fire, as you do every session, and many of them have to do with broadly the subject of energy. And I know this year you've got some pretty important legislation on appliance efficiency. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So the benefit of state legislatures passing appliance efficiency bills is the cheapest way to basically outlaw wasteful appliances for the marketplace. The bottom line is, is that by legislatures taking this action, we're, um, we're going to keep people's electricity prices from rising in the future. The cheapest electricity is the is the kilowatt you don't use. And so by being able to get rid of these wasteful products that are unneedlessly wasting electricity, that means that we have to build fewer windmills and solar panels and uh, nuclear plants in the future in order to accommodate our economic growth. It saves you and I money, and it's the cheapest way to do it instead of an expensive rate case or a big government process just by saying, don't sell those wasteful products here anymore. On the line of big government, you're not going to come to my house and take away my old-fashioned stove, are you? Uh, it's not taking away your old-fashioned stove. What the bill basically says is that for certain types of lights, um, we all have those old garage fluorescent lights. Uh, even the manufacturers are talking about they're going to sell the bulbs for those for the next three years. So why sell them any longer in Washington State? LED bulbs have subsidies. They're very affordable now. They last uh, up to 10 to 20 years, depending on the guarantee where that fluorescent bulb maybe used 50 watts, those LED bulbs maybe used seven watts. Uh, considerable savings. Why let Lowe's or, or Home Depot sell you an, an appliance for your garage that you're not gonna be able to buy the bulbs for after three years anyway? In my PUD, they give away the LED bulb. Yeah, because the PUD knows it makes good business sense to their ratepayers, And the fact is, is that the lifetime savings for those bulbs is tremendous as far as the amount of energy that will be used. And those are new resources they don't have to acquire. Whenever a utility has to build a new generating resource, it's always the most expensive electricity in the marketplace. By subsidizing that little bit of more cost up front of a LED bulb, that's the cheapest electricity in the marketplace. There's actually some water efficiency dealing with the types of faucets that you can use uh, going forward in your home and so forth. Um, the, in the bill alone, this is a staggering amount of uh, water, but um, if the bill passes the way it is in the Senate, um, it will save every person in the state of Washington 120,000 gallons of water a year. That's a lot of water per person that by passing this bill we're going to save, and that's water that's available now for drinking, uh, for farmers, for all sorts of uses where it can be better applied than just running down the sink. On the energy electricity side, not only are we getting rid of some wasteful appliances, and this is the idea that some certain appliances waste a tr are outdated and waste a tremendous amount of electricity, so why sell them in Washington State? Because 
if I buy them and make a choice because it may be a few dollars cheaper, I'm making my neighbor pay for that wasteful decision. We're, we all have a social contract within rates about uh, trying to do what's the best for the public benefit. By the legislature outlawing these uh, devices, uh, appliances, that you don't have a situation where you know you have to subsidize your neighbor's poor choices, uh, but also you're going to keep your own rates from going up in the future because you have to build extra electricity generation to accommodate the growth when people are using things that are wasting electricity. And if I'm using one of those appliances that wastes electricity, I'm not only sticking it to my neighbor, but I'm also having to pay a higher utility rate every month. Every month you're paying a higher bill, and so that makes the cost of occupancy, whether you own your home or rent your home, um, the difference between that incandescent uh, you know, compact fluorescent and LED bulb is a considerable month-to-month savings. In my own home, when I started looking around about how much money I was using uh, or how much energy I was using each month, and I'm in this business, so I know a lot about it, um, uh, I was able to reduce my average daily consumption by almost four kilowatt hours a day just by making sure I didn't have Xbox uh, um, uh, converters on my, ex- my son's Xbox equipment running day and night as opposed to just running it when he was using it. And what does four kilowatts translate to in lay terms? Yeah, for kilowatt hours, you pay your, your bill on a monthly basis by the kilowatt hours. So for uh, be best, roughly 120 kilowatt hours a month, you would not pay um, seven cents per kilowatt hour uh, in your monthly bill. That's how much you'd save just in that amount of savings. And there's probably many ways that people can look around their home and find this kind of savings. Yeah, absolutely. Our bill is starting to deal with some of these inefficient converters. Uh, every time you have a phone charger, a PC laptop, um, we call it vampire power because whether your laptop's plugged in or not, it's it's converting AC to DC electricity continuously, and that's wasteful. You want units that are going to shut off when you're not using it to charge your mobile appliances. That's one of the things we're trying to address in this bill to say, hey, don't sell those ones that are continuously sucking power from all of us. Let's find ones that only uh, are on and functioning when we're actually trying to charge something up. I have a an iMac at home, and I don't turn it off. What I do is I tell it to go to sleep so that I don't have to waste any time waiting for it to boot up. I suppose I'm wasting electricity. Yeah, I mean, um, ultimately you can buy power strips that can sense when you're actually using that device because that uh, iMac or whether it's a TV that's always there in ready mode, it's waiting for you to just to show up and turn on it in an instant. That's not as e- as efficient as it possibly could be. Having something that would shut them all the way off, it's not quite as simple as that all the time, but that's that vampire load we're talking about. Let me get an idea of what you mean when you talk about appliances. I know we're talking about certain kinds of light bulbs, but... There are many, many appliances in a modern home. What is the scope of your bill? A lot of the things in the bill deal with things that small businesses might use, like restaurants and the type of lamps they use to keep your food warm while you're waiting for the entire table to be served up. But the things in your home, probably the most exciting part is hot water heaters. We have some new design standards to make sure that any new hot water heaters that are purchased will be able to talk to the electric grid. And you may ask, well, why is it important for my hot water heater to be able to talk to the electric grid? Well, the reality is, is that a lot of uh, local utilities are building wind farms. And when we're all asleep at two o'clock in the morning and there's a wind event that happens, right now they all those utilities sell their power to California with it being a much bigger market. There's no way for there to sell up here in Washington State. 
Sometimes that's done at a loss. There's problems getting that much power at once down to California. If the utility can talk to your hot water heater, when you're asleep at 3 a.m. by increasing the temperature just four degrees above what you've normally set your hot water heater at, it's only going to lose about a half a degree in temperature by the time you get to take a shower in the morning. And instead of that, that electric element switching on and heating up more hot water, it will never turn on and it moves what we call peak demand from you know basically six to eight o'clock in the morning. It helps uh, smooth that out. And so what, what does that mean? Well, right now we build all of our highways to rush hour. At two o'clock in the morning, there's not a lot of cars in downtown Seattle. The reality is, is that this underutilized infrastructure, but we've paid for all that infrastructure. By smoothing out the load and when it happens on the electric grid, we're not paying, we're not building for rush hour anymore. We're trying to smooth it out so we get the most efficient economic and electrical transaction possible to save you and I money. Let me take that automotive metaphor and jump back a second when we're talking about the utilities selling electricity to California in the middle of the night versus selling very cheap electricity. Yeah, I mean, um, it's probably more analogous to what we do with some of our large employers. So, you know, we have programs that work with Boeing, for example, to make sure all their shifts don't start at the same time. And, you know, you don't have everyone showing up at 8 o'clock at work. So some shifts start at 5.30, you know, 6, 6.37. That smooths out that, that demand in, in, in traffic jams. It's the same for the grid. By smoothing it out, we're just having a more efficient use of it. By having the, the appliances be able to communicate to each other, the most efficient transaction of any type, electrical or economic, is to have supply and demand meet itself when it's needed, where it's needed, not, not try to, to uh, you know, build for rush hour all the time. And what's great about this hot water tank and the bill uh, and having this design standard to be able to communicate with the grid in the future, as we get into machine learning and so forth, there'll be all sorts of millisecond decisions that happen at your home, in your neighborhood, in your city. And we're going to go from a grid that's top down today from big coal plants down to a system that's way more reliable and efficient with transactions happening from the ground up instead of top down. One of the things that strikes me about this is that it is immensely complicated and huge in scale. This sounds like the kind of thing that is going to be a, an extremely heavy lift involving a whole lot of things to lift. How's it going? We've had a long stakeholder process here. So the appliance efficiency bill is, is, the fair, is a fairly simple way to start taking baby steps and really simple to save you and I money every day. By having this design standard to make sure new hot water tanks are not only efficient, but also are designed to work in the future, you're gonna, no matter if you buy a hot water tank next year or five years from now, whatever the grid's gonna look like 15 years from now, that hot water tank's gonna be functional in that future, and you're not gonna have to go out and buy another one because all of a sudden you've got an outdated technology, and you're paying the most in your electric bills, your home heating bills, because you've got something that's not functional with the electric grid of the future. So that's a simple solution. The other pieces are all coming together. I'm part of a lot of national groups that are constantly meeting, trying to figure out this future as we go from a top down to a bottom up. But you're seeing it happen every day in your neighborhoods. I remember when people used to drive through streets in western Washington and say, oh, look, someone put a solar system on their house. We're getting close to the point where people don't even take notice anymore. And there might be a point in the next few years where people will say, oh, look, there's not a solar system on that house. There's not an electric vehicle in that driveway. All those things are going to interact with the grid. And we have to make it work in a way that um, costs each of us collectively the least as far as a, of a shared electric grid. If we want to make individual decisions that aren't to the benefit of everybody hooked up to that grid, you can still do that. You have the freedom to do that, but you're going to pay a little bit more to make those individual choices that aren't going to collectively keep our electric rates down. 
This is something that seems to be permeating society, I think, is an awareness of, of the kind of changes that we can make. And one little example is when I go to my local grocery store and I walk down the freezer aisle, the lights in a particular compartment will come on about the time I reach that box. And once I'm past the pizzas, the pizza light goes off and the chicken light comes on. Yeah, it's happening right here today in Washington State. You can go to Spokane today with our Urbanova project, which is really exciting in the uh, district around the WSU campus in downtown Spokane. And they're putting parking lot lights in to operate the same way as that grocery aisle you talked about. The lights don't stay on all night. They turn on when a car is coming down the road to, to light the sidewalks and uh, parking areas, if that's what you're looking for as a parking spot. Um, that's going to save the city of Spokane over the life of that investment probably millions of dollars than just paying to have the lights on 24-7 when no one needs them. It's really part of the sharing economy and the just-in-time inventory system finally hitting the electric grid. And bills and policies we're passing here in Olympia are enabling people to move forward with that transition in a way that's as smooth as possible. What you don't want to have with something as important as energy or electricity is to have a lot of disruptive ups and downs, peaks and valleys, because that's what causes your economy to all of a sudden jolt and go into recession because all of a sudden you have uncertain energy costs to produce our collective products that we produce here in Washington State. How far away from hitting the governor's desk, assuming it's going to, is your bill? The bill had a hearing last week in the Senate Energy and Environment Committee, and it, we're way overdue for this change as well. Washington State's always been in the top three or four states for um, energy efficiency with appliances, and we've not been able to get a bill through the Senate for the last eight years, since 2009, I guess 10 years. And hopefully uh, now they'll take it up and, and vote it out of committee and we can get this important piece of cost savings for consumers actually into law. I'm very high on the prospects on it. It's, uh, it's a big year, I think, for moving these issues forward. You know, divided government keeps things like this that maybe have some different perspectives from moving forward when it's complicated. It's easier to keep things from happening than it is to make things happen. But I think we have an environment this year where we're going to see things, common sense energy policy move forward. So this is all about machines and appliances and electricity and wires and grids. But really, this is an example of what the House Democrats have been talking about for a long time, which is putting people first. Yeah, exactly. In the end, we're trying to avoid those ups and downs that erratic energy costs can impact jobs. If all of a sudden energy doubles because there's not a smooth transition with these uh, technologies, people like Boeing and Microsoft and Amazon may decide to go somewhere else where that type of disruption isn't happening. So as part of having the vision of being on the leading edge of some of these technologies so that you're there to adopt them in a way that makes sense and actually works. It sounds like you're on your way, and I wish you luck. Great. Thank you. That's it for today. If you feel like you got something worthwhile out of the last few minutes, why not subscribe to Capital Ideas on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you like to find your podcasts. This is your state government, and what happens here matters. The more you know about how it works, the better it can work for you and for everyone. I'm Dan Frizzell for the Washington State House Democrats, putting people first since 1889. Thank you for listening.